Welcome to The Rural Rockstar, a podcast dedicated to empowering rural women with the tools and inspiration to transform their lives and businesses from the inside out. I share my journey of Survive to Thrive in life and business, and I show what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I also interview other rockstar women from around the world to inspire you to do it too. My mission is to empower the next generation of rural changemakers to show up and be the leaders we need. I'm Katrina, your rockstar host. Let's rock. Hello and welcome back to the Rural Rockstar. I'm your host, Katrina Myers, and today I'm joined by Brittany Moore. Hello, Brittany. Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm so good. It's so lovely to have you on. So Brittany is my VA and she helps me with my social media and she basically has sort of got me organized because... <laughs> I am not the most organized person in the world. And a while ago, I kind of realized that if I really wanted to step up in my business and take it to the next level, I needed some more help. I am someone who works much better with other people, not alone. And so I started to look around and see what VAs were out there. I kind of looked at, you know, getting someone from overseas, like some people do them with the Upwork thing and all that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, I really want someone who kind of understands what it's like to live in rural Australia and, you know, kind of gets me a bit. And I discovered work with B, Brittany. And since then, we've been working together for, I don't know, is it 12 months? Six months? Yeah, it'd be over six months, I think. Yeah, and it's been awesome and I love it so much. And I thought, what a great opportunity to, you know, chat to Brittany and hear what it's like to work with the VA, but also for the opportunity because, you know, something that I'm really passionate about is showing women what's possible and, you know, being able to have a business from absolutely anywhere. And I think the VA business is a beautiful example of that. So today with Britt, we're going to dive into what it's like to set up a virtual assistant, a virtual assistant business. That was a tongue twister. And, you know, a social and to be a social media manager and how that works and what the opportunities are what the learnings have been and, yeah, just how wonderful it is and another opportunity for you guys. And Britt's story is very interesting because she's actually Canadian and ended up marrying a farmer as some of us, you know, that 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 beautiful story of, you know, moves to Australia and falls in love or moves to another country and falls in love, which always our mothers say to us, you should never do that. But anyway, <laughs> here we are. So I'm looking forward to diving into that story and hearing all about it from Britt. So, Britt, as you know, we always start with how did you get to be where you are now in living in WA? <laughs> um, I was tired of university. Hey, I was in university. I was studying sociology with kind of a plan to become a social worker, but I wasn't really vibing with uni at the time. So I decided to save my pennies and scoot away. And where I'm from, no one really or at the time, really traveled. Um, I'm from the East Coast of Canada. So we like to keep to ourselves. People are starting to spread their wings a bit more now. Um, But I didn't really know anyone who had done it, to be honest. And I just jumped on a website um, for people wanting to become au pairs. And I had only even heard of that word because I was waitressing at a resort and there were some Australians visiting and they had mentioned it to me. So I was on there and I was talking to a family in the Alps and a family in Melbourne, and I kind of had to decide between the two. So I decided to come to Australia because that was the absolute dream from where I like from where I am. Going to Australia is like it. Not sure you could get much better. Uh, so I took off. I think I made that plan in July, 
I told my mom she decided to get married really quickly before I left in September uh, to her original high school sweetheart. So that was really fun. Then my grandmother did the same thing. Oh, better get married before Britt leaves. So she got married really quickly. So within a couple months, everyone got married and I took off. <laughs> but see you later. You guys are very crazy. No, I love them. But took off to Australia, started in Melbourne. I was an au pair for an Olympic diver and a former AFL player, which was very exciting. Um, cool. I guess a bit of a behind the scenes. The diver was traveling around. She was in Montreal at one point. I was really jealous in Germany. And he was shifting careers. And they had a little baby girl named Layla, who I loved. So I worked with them for about six months. And then I went to Tasmania to do fruit picking um, to try to get that second year visa. And I loved Tassie. We were in Signet, lived in a hostel, found work, did a lot of hitchhiking to get our laundry washed, ran out of money because it wasn't a great season. Um, so I had to bail, get mom to help me get out of Tassie, followed a bunch of people over to Perth. I had no idea what I was doing or where I was going. So I was just following people at this point. Like, okay, you're going to Perth. I'm going to Perth. Worked in fine dining for a hot minute. Hated it. And then um, met this guy with dreadlocks at a bar called the Mustang Bar. And he was like, had this chick on Facebook. She finds people jobs in regional WA. Um, you can work on farms or wherever you want. And it will help you get your visa. So I added her on Facebook. Had a few too many wines, probably goons on my budget, to be totally honest. And um, she found me a job. And two days later, I was on a train to Cunderdon. So I thought Cunderdon was ages away because I was not looking on Google. I'm not totally sure what I <laughs> So I got on the train, fell asleep, and they had to wake me up and say, this is your stop. Um, I got there, got off, and I realized I was not that far from Perth. I wasn't six or seven hours. I was about an hour and a half, two hours, well, about two hours from Perth. Called my friends up. I'm like, come drive up here and visit me. So they all <laughs> drove up behind the train for a visit. Um, and I ended up staying. So I worked in the pub and I managed the pub, made a lot of friends at the pub, and met my husband at the pub. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, the pub is notorious for it. <laughs> so there's quite a few of us that are expats and married. Um, and Tori Kopke is one of them. So she married before, well, she married before me, but she came before me as well um, and was living outside on a farm. So I kind of came in to an already established circle of quite a few expats, which was really nice and made you feel really confident. And you're with people who understood you which was nice. Um, so yeah, I did that. I met my husband. He is actually a diesel mechanic for a family-owned business that um, does New Holland machinery. And his family are farmers, probably 45 minutes away. So they, Broadacre, Merino, have a bit of stuff happening and they have a truck business as well. So he left, was doing the mechanics for New Holland machinery. And we got together. I wasn't quite done traveling. My best friend came over to meet me for a visit. And we traveled the East Coast. So started in Cairns and went down. And then flew back here and finally moved in with our partners. She ended up finding one as well. <laughs> moved in with our partners, committed. And then a few months later, 
had to figure out what, what the next step was because our visas were expiring. Um, so in that time of like building a relationship with Clark, I didn't really want to be seen as a backpacker anymore. And I kind of think this is something that happens in small country towns. You meet somebody, but you're still a backpacker mm-hmm. and people look at you as the backpacker. Um, and I wanted to establish myself as something different than that. So I started looking for new jobs within the community. I was working at the butchers, the roadhouse, the pub, and then eventually um, a family, another family business swooped me up and they got me to do their marketing and they made agricultural machinery. So they made chaser bins and stuff such as that. Um, so I was doing marketing for them and I left because I had to leave the country. So they at that point couldn't sponsor me. So I had to leave. Um, Clark decided to go to Belgium to work at the New Holland dealership there and really get a behind the scenes look at what that was like. So he went to Belgium and I went to Southeast Asia. Looking back, cool, had a great time. Would have been probably better to go with him and do the touring with free accommodation, but I was too independent to go with him. (laughs) So we met back up in Canada. I finished my degree um, and then I got sponsored by that same company to go back to Cunderdon and work as their marketing specialist. So that's when our second part of our story really began. I was their marketing specialist. Um, Our relationship continued to evolve. We ended up getting engaged, I guess, before I came back, planned our wedding and then decided to move to another town. I needed more coffee options and (laughs) had none. So we moved to a town that had coffee, which I love. So that's where I am now. That's in York. So it's a bit closer to Perth because at the time I wasn't sure what I was going to do, if I was still going to pursue social work or what, you know, what avenue I would take with my career. Um, So we thought we needed to be a bit closer to Perth in case I would need to travel for that job. Um, Eventually I had my daughter and I was talking to my friends and Tori was saying to me, you need to try to be a VA. And I'm like, what is a VA? I don't know. Because as you know, when you're in the business world on Instagram, you see all these other businesses pop up and you learn the lingo. What's a VA? I need a VA, all this stuff. But when you're just a person on the sidewalk who's having a baby or getting ready to have a baby and you don't know what your next career move is and someone says to you, you should be a VA. You're like, what is Like, I don't even know what that is because you're not in the circle yet. So she was saying it for months to me and I had no idea what she was talking about because I wasn't in it. So then after a few months and I think my mom came to visit and we kind of talked about what it actually is, what a VA could do. We were like, yeah, I guess it does match up with a lot of the stuff I've done in the past. Like I don't do admin and I always said I wouldn't do admin, but like it was explained to me, you kind of choose where you want to go. You niche down, you figure out what you're good at, and you offer that to people. Uh, So I soft launched it, kind of took a few businesses on, and then, um, yeah, really found myself, I guess, December 2020. Yeah, Eliza was just about a year old, and I launched myself on Instagram, and it took off from there. So then that's it. That's that's the story. (laughs) That's the story. Came to Australia. Now I have a toddler and a husband. And a business. (laughs) And a business. One of those. (laughs) I love hearing that story because I haven't heard the full story before. So it's just, that was awesome. So just what was, what was the, when you first moved to Australia, what year was that? The very first time? 
Oh, that's a hard one. I think it was around 2011, 12. I'm not great with dates. Yeah, yeah. So 10 years or so. So you did, you've done a lot in that time. So I've been here 10 years this month, last month. Yeah. With, with a two-year break because I went home to finish my studies. Yeah. That is such a cool story. I love that so much. And it, <laughs> I love that everyone goes there and meets their husbands and stays and gets married too. <laughs> and then the thing with the Australians are, as you would all know, you love to travel. So every time I go to Canada, we'd have Australians following us. <laughs> and COVID days, we went home often. There was always Australians following us. <laughs> so I had so many Aussies come and visit me at home. And when we got married, they all came. We had to really call down the invite list because we knew they would all say yes. They would all come. <laughs> so much. So I've been married back in Canada. Yeah. Ah, cool. Okay. We got married in Canada. Yeah, that is so true. Everyone thinks I'll have a destination wedding and then, because, you know, half the people won't be able to come, but Australians go, oh, yeah, we're going. We are there. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't even do sympathy invites because you're like, they'll come. <laughs> they'll come for sure. I love it. I love it. I love it. So talk to us about then, like, how's it gone? I mean, obviously it's done, it seems to be doing pretty well, the business, but it's pretty big, pretty brave, especially when you didn't really know, you know, like you said, you didn't really even know what a VA was. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there going, yeah, what is a VA? Probably quite a, quite a few of our listeners are thinking that. So, you know, how, how did that go? And was that, was it really hard to make that decision to go into it? Or were you just like, oh, I'll give it a go? Or what was, when Tori suggested it to you, what was what was the process then? I think I just had no expectations. I didn't. I still thought I, at the time I was breastfeeding and I loved it. And I was like, I want to be a lactation consultant. I want to be a mobile one. I had a few problems, and there was no one around me. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to go to Perth. And I was like, this is what I want to do. But being really independent, I didn't want any money from Clark to do it. So I could like set up at my degree, the courses I had, and I knew that I needed to upgrade a little bit and would need about $6,000. Mm-hmm. It was like, just do it. But I was like, no, no, no. I want to do something in the interim, make enough money to do it myself, and I'll do it when the time is right. So I kind of came into it, no expectations. Hey, if I can make $6,000 and do this lactation course then that would be sweet. So I guess in the back of my mind, I was thinking I would like to be a business owner one day, but me starting a VA business, I didn't think that would be the biz- the business. I thought that it would be the like step mm-hmm. to which it might still be like, I'm not, I'm not channeling that out, but in my mind, it wasn't like seeing people start businesses. I didn't look at it the same way and I didn't take it as seriously as I probably should have. But going into it with no expectations was nice because I pretty much set up like a price list, a bit of a proposal. Um, A few local people had heard about it and knew me from my previous job. So they were quite comfortable hiring me. And it was a lot of juggling to figure out how many hours are they going to need? Like, I already know how to do a lot of this stuff. So I'm really quick at it from the beginning. How do I charge for something I'm really quick at? Like, so there's a lot of that kind of juggling and learning what to do in a, in a sense of that actually paying myself for the amount I'm working. 
Um, and it blew up really quickly. So I soft launched, I started working for a couple businesses and then I put it on Instagram. And when I did that, it just blew up. I think at the time, anyone who would follow me, I sent them a video message saying, Hey, I'm Brit. Thanks so much for, um, following me. I love your small business and da 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 da. Especially if I'd seen their small business in the past, I'd get really excited. So I got a lot of clients really quickly. And then I burnt out really, really bad. So I think it took me about six months to hit my first ever burnout experience. with it. I was just working. I think at that time, I had a lot of daycare two days a week. And that in itself is a juggle. After being a new mom, and you have a bit of freedom, like your child's going to daycare, and you're like, I'm at home by myself. But then I had hours of work to do because I didn't know how to say no to the work. And then the nights after I'd get her to sleep, I was working. And then the weekends I was working and it didn't slow down. Um, And then COVID hit and daycares closed. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it all, I think that's probably when the burnout really happened because my night times got even bigger. I always tried to not work when Eliza's home. And during COVID, I, I couldn't, she was at that age where she was just into everything. She was a little over a year old. Um, Eliza is a sensory seeker when it comes to heavy work. So she really needs to use her muscles and always be keeping really busy. And at the time I didn't have the yard or anything set up for that. Um, and being regional, you can't really, like, you can't just hop down to Perth or to Bunnings and grab something like people could. So it was like, try to organize transport to get it up here to put it together. Cause my husband was still working because agriculture, like it doesn't stop. So that was challenging because I was still working a lot. And then once that ended, I, um, I got a business coach. I sat down and I was like, okay, I think I understand now. Like, I think I understand this is a business and I know what people mean by like charging, not necessarily what you're worth because that's invaluable, but really taking into consideration that I know how to do email campaigns quickly because I've done them for years. Mm -hmm. So putting, price on that. And I, you know, at that time I jumped my prices from $30 an hour to 50. Mm. I doubled my income and I lost clients, but I had time. And the people who really valued me were like, yes, okay, we're going up. Like it should have always been up. They're celebrating for you. But that business coach really opened my eyes to being like, okay, this is a business and I need to treat it as such. At that point, I didn't even have a business bank account. Mm. Um, Money was just going into my personal bank. I didn't have any bookkeeping set up. Like it was just everywhere. And, you know, it's fun. I'd be in the shower adding up my numbers each month, like, oh, another 10,000 months, another 10,000 months. But like, I didn't, none of that was fun. None of none of that was fun. It was hard work and it was exhausting. And um, it took me a good six to nine months to really work out what I was doing. And that was a year ago. So a year ago now. It's exhausting just thinking back to it. (laughs) Wow, there's so much to unpack in that story. But, okay, so first of all, something that resonated or that stood out to me was probably the fact that, you know, in terms of starting the business that you didn't 
you know, you didn't really know what you were getting yourself in for. You didn't really take it too seriously. You just were like, oh, I'll just, I'll give it a go. Like, I think there's a lot in that because sometimes or very often when we want to try something new, we just spend so much time overthinking it that it keeps us paralyzed. And we, you know, we put all this expectation on it as the exact opposite of what you did. And then we end up not doing it at all because we think it will not work. So I think actually that's probably a lovely thing that you just, you know, you're like, oh, well, I'll give it a go and see how it works out. But uh, yeah, do you think that too? Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of failures beforehand. Like there's, I tried, oh, I was, I was a Tupperware lady for years. <laughs> Tupperware. Like I have so much Tupperware. I have a suitcase of it over there. My kitchen's overflowing. And I was an amazing Tupperware lady. Like I made great money off Tupperware. And then I decided I had to give that up eventually. So that wasn't a failure. I just didn't have time for Tupperware anymore. But I tried, like, I, I was going to Perth and buying clothes from, like, Good Sammy's, Vinnie's, coming home, like, cleaning it, ironing it, and trying to resell it. So to try to encourage that, like, slow, recycled fashion, and no one bought anything. So I still have a wardrobe full of clothes. Um, and none of it fit me. <laughs> like, they're all beautiful. None of it fit me. Um, so like there were things I knew I wanted to try, but again, I didn't take it seriously. So I knew it wasn't going to be big business, but all of it helped me to learn. So when I was doing that, like recycled clothing, I threw myself into Instagram because I'm like, I know this is where people are going to buy. And at that time, all the marketing I had done was really strategic, um, tactical marketing that wasn't so much social media based. Like we were on Facebook and Twitter because agriculture. We weren't really all over Instagram. So I had to learn a lot about Instagram. So I started following a lot of gurus. I started doing a lot of research. I got courses. I started learning about it. And that was when I was doing the recycled clothing business. Mm-hmm. The like fun bit of my life. So I had to fail at that to give me that opportunity to learn more about it and to be like, this is interesting. And when Tori started saying VA stuff, I I was on there and I was looking and I was thinking and yeah, it, I went into it with no expectations because there were failures before. Yeah. And you tried different things, but, and I think that it's, it's that phase in life too, where we're looking for something else to do that we don't have to go back to work full time because we've got the young kids and we don't want to be working full time. So it's like, what can we do? You know? And I think there's a lot of, Women and you know that goes on for a while. It's like, well, I really this is not what's lighting me up. I don't really want to go back to work full time. Is there something I can do from home? Like so many of us have been in that place. So, yeah, I love that you tried a lot of different things, and then this was the thing that took off. I love it. Yeah, but it's such a place of privilege to come from. Like when I think about it now, like probably the main reason there's no expectation is because I know I can go out and get a job mm. because I'm I'm a middle class white blonde brunettish chick I could walk into anywhere downtown and get a job so that was never like the risk I was never going to be putting my family in a financial hardship because if it didn't work out I could walk 10 feet down the road and get a job well not 10 feet but you know I could walk down the road and get a job so it comes from a place of privilege not having that expectation on myself that's for sure and I'm Mm -hmm. grateful for that I recognize that um but that, that's probably the main reason there was no expectations. I could go back and find a job anywhere if it didn't work out. Yeah, so you could take the risk. Yeah, I love that. That's a really good point. So let's, for those who don't know, 
what does a VA do and what is a VA business? Because I'm sure there are a lot of people thinking, yes, what is a VA and how, what can a virtual assistant help someone with? <laughs> yeah, it's a virtual assistant and they can do virtually anything for you. Yeah. Um, I went into it knowing that I hated admin um, and knowing that I was good at marketing. So I said, I will be a marketing virtual assistant to people. And that was very different than what was already on the scene. So already on the scene were VAs, but they just kind of did everything or they did admin. So I, that's how I set myself up from the beginning. I was like, okay, I want to do marketing stuff. But there are absolutely VAs. There are VAs for podcasts, specifically podcasts. There are VAs that specialize in being an executive to you. There are VAs that specialize in marketing. So there are pockets of VAs everywhere. And I think that's really important to understand as someone who wants to start a business as a VA, that you don't want to just start as someone who can do it all, a jack of all trades, because for your own sanity and organization, it's really important to know where your focus is. Because if you've got projects everywhere that are just doing everything, you're going to confuse yourself. Um, Part of being streamlined business is knowing what you're good at and really focusing on those areas. And then as a business owner who wants a VA, it's important to recognize that VAs are different at different things and good at different things, because that's going to help your business when you're choosing a VA. You want someone that's understanding the project that you have at hand that can help you the best with that project. Yeah, absolutely. So there's basically no limits to what a VA can do, is there, these days with with the access that we have to Zoom and technology and email and all of that, like, can do anything and it's also what i've found as a business owner it's important to recognize the things that you don't like doing like what so focus on your strengths and that like that's why i i I searched out for a va because there's so many things that i'm not good at i'm not organized i have no attention to detail i don't like doing the writing stuff as much so i was like all right well i need that help so i think that's important from the business owner perspective isn't it like you say like think about what your strengths are and what you don't like doing so you can outsource that Yeah. And from a business owner's perspective, I always tell them before they even start talking to VAs to make a list, Mm. make a list of those things. Like for a normal week of work, start adding up the things that took you too long or that you really hated doing or that you procrastinated doing, because those are all the things you should be offloading to somebody else. And you have a week of work. You can sit down and work that out pretty quickly. What stuff you hate doing or just takes too much of your time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. And also just to see it as an option too. Like it really is, it's such, it can be, and sometimes when you're looking at getting a VA, it's a bit of that leap before you're ready too. That's what it was like for me. It's like, I wasn't quite ready to employ a VA financially, but I knew that to go to that next level, I had to do it. So I think that's a really important piece too. And if you're feeling like it's all too much and you can't get to that next level, it's really, it's a really good option and something to consider. In saying that, let's talk about your burnout, though, because that's really interesting and I think a really good, um, you know, big, a learning tool for people and something to understand in when you're going into business like this and how to set those boundaries. So, because really, we ideally, we don't want to end up in the situation where we're burnout and it's all too much because we go into this whole thing wanting to have more freedom and work from home and, you know, do it for our lifestyle. But so often, like this is a very common story where people end up burn out because it escalates too quickly or they take on too much and so what's the lessons learned there or what's your advice for someone who's you know starting out in a business like this or if they wanted to go and start a business like this like how do you avoid that happening and, and what have you done now to kind of move forward from that 
I think boundaries are the first thing. And they're so hard at the beginning, especially when you're working as like a VA or a social media manager. If you're even, if you're driven by satisfaction of others or you're driven by money, you're going to say yes a lot of the time. If you're driven by money, you're seeing more money in each person that comes and talks to you. If you're driven by customer satisfaction, then each person that contacts you, you want to make them happy. You want to deliver to them. So you're going to work your ass off. And if you're saying yes all the time, you're, you're going to burn out. So having those boundaries around yourself, look, like saying, I'm really happy making this amount of money each month. And once I hit that point, I need to stop. Until mm-hmm. I can reestablish and regroup and figure out how maybe next quarter I can up it a little bit more. Right now, you need to just stop. Or with the clients, okay, I know I only have the capacity in my own soul, in my own life to manage because you're managing people and their teams and their businesses. For us, for me, I think one of the big parts of burnout was that I had, say, 16 to 20 clients. And for me, I've got all of them. So I'm talking to a lot of people in a day. But for most of those people, I'm their only other team member. (laughs) But I am their, I'm their stronghold, I'm their stool, I'm their resting post. So when it comes to ideas and inspiration, they want to tell you about it. They're excited. And if you're good and you're talking to them all the time, and at the time I was wearing myself thin, caring so much, and you have to care, but I was putting myself into their business. You're talking to people all the time, unpaid about all of these ideas and inspiration, you know, everything they have, which is incredible, but that comes in Instagram messages. It comes in Facebook messages. It comes in text messages and phone calls. So one of the things I had to do was establish communication points. So mm-hmm. we've got email, I use Slack, you and I use Boxer, and it just sets it aside. So if I want to go on Instagram, I can go on Instagram without seeing stuff. If I want to go to Boxer and listen to your messages, I go there. Like you can kind of separate yourself with work times. Whereas before I'd go on Instagram and I dread it because I'd have 30 different messages of new ideas of what to do that day. I also put boundaries around my work days and my work times. So at that time I was like, I kind of work these days. Like my website actually, I think I just changed it the other day. It was like work, work hours, hashtag mom life. Like whenever I get the time, it's like, that's not good enough because then people just expect you to work and get things done the same day. Um, so I really needed to create those boundaries. So these are my work days on Tuesdays or Thursdays. I'm swimming with Eliza. For me, that means like almost a two and a half hour round trip. Like, you know, I don't work when Eliza's home. I do work on these days. This is the day I'm going to try and have your stuff done. This is how you can contact me. And you can still feel a major part of their business and you can still be there to support their business but you need to support yourself and your family because at the end of the day, you helping 20 other businesses doesn't necessarily mean you're helping your own family and your own business because you're wearing yourself thin everywhere else. An octopus. And then it defeats the purpose of why you wanted to go into having your own business in the first place, doesn't it? But it's like that viral reel that's going on at the moment. Like I quit my nine to five to have freedom. It's like now I work 24 <laughs> seven. <laughs> we enjoy it um but yeah I think it's part of the I mean that just gave me a flashback to when we first moved back to the farm and took over the farm business and we were setting all of that up and I remember yeah like 
didn't even know about having boundaries. And, you know, I used to try and work while the kids were there and you'd be on the computer and it's just, it's just all just like when you've got no sort of stop start and you're trying to do it all at once, it's so stressful and it gets so chaotic. And so I think that it's kind of part of that, yeah, that learning process when you first go into a business. But hopefully, you know, if there's someone out there who wants to start one now, think about that from the get-go. You know, think about having those clear boundaries and, and um, implementing them from the start rather than trying to do it all at once because that's when it gets, you know, messy. And people, I think people respect when you, you know, like I know I do. I, like you say to me, I'm not working Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I'm like, right, cool. Don't get a response on those or don't expect a response on those days, you know. So and people are fine with that. Yeah, like you'll message every lots of people message and say, I know it's not a work day, but I understand people are working. So they're contacting me and putting their thoughts down. But they say, like, don't expect you to respond, just putting these out here because we all have those moments. I think it's important to realize too that if you're becoming a VA or a social media manager, really consider how many businesses you can take on because right now I'm downsizing. I'm like, okay, we need to have this circle. And we build on that circle. I work more in their businesses. I work closer with them and less with other people because the more people, the harder it is, the less people, the better, because you really are in their business. Mm. Like you are part of their team. Mm -hmm. So you need to be committed. You need to be invested and you need to be available. And if there's too many clients, you just can't be those things for them. Yeah, absolutely. And what I was thinking there too was like then you can sort of grow together as well because the more that you can support, you know, like the more that you can offer me support to grow my business, the more that's going to increase your workload. And so it all works in, you know, beautiful harmony all together, which I love that. And it's much more sustainable and it's sort of quality over quantity then as well, isn't it? So you're doing more for less people. That's a really, I think that's such great advice. And setting that up from the start is 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 a beautiful thing as well, I think. So that is excellent advice, Britt. Thank you. We, I'm, I am all for doing, you know, making it easy for yourself. And, and you, like this is my whole thing is well-being and maintaining all of that and looking after yourself above all else. And so that probably leads me to my next question beautifully, actually, which is do you have any tools, things you like to do for your well-being? I always like to ask my guests, what do they do? And it doesn't matter if they don't do anything, but I think it's just you know, it's kind of, for me, it's like normalizing that conversation around looking after ourselves, taking care of ourselves, prioritizing ourselves and finding out what other people do, because a big part of it too, is that we all like what works for you might not necessarily work for me. There's a smattering of things that we can all do, but it's like, Oh, what does that person do? And can I learn something new? Like the other day I had um, Sarah Keeley from the conscious calendar on her episode. It's coming out this week. She does tongue scraping. So I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to try that. So now I've been doing the tongue scraping and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, Brent, what do you do? Do you do anything to maintain, to take care of yourself and to prioritize you now? I think you'll like this. But in the last year, I've started working with this um, naturopath and she really focuses on self-care versus self-comfort. And this was eye-opening to me. Everything I was doing for self-care was self-comfort. It raises those dopamine levels quickly and then it drops them. It's not actually caring for me. So learning the difference between self-care and self-comfort and being like, okay, I need to tick this self-care checkbox. I need to go to the doctor and get these things checked. I need to drink more water. I need to figure out a bedtime routine. So I've been working a lot on things that are actual self-care for me. So in the last two weeks, I've been drinking more water because I don't drink enough water. 
I used to drink like four liters a day. And now that I'm in here, I just drink coffee, 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 coffee all day. <laughs> and I drink no water. So I looked at my hands one day and I was like, they look dehydrated. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I'm like, they look dehydrated. So I started drinking more water and it makes me feel better. I like seven or eight months ago, I started working with a gut health specialist because I was diagnosed with chronic depression. I have high functioning anxiety. I was homesick. I was running a business. It was too much. Um, and I've always dealt with gut issues. So I reached out to a gut health um, specialist and we found out that I had a methane overgrowth in my gut. And for six months, we've been working on that and incredible. The changes to my skin, to my mental health, like incredible. And to me, that was a really big leap of wellness and self-care. It was expensive and it's time consuming. There's a lot of group calls. And I mean, I had to do a FODMAP diet for five weeks. So that's a commitment for my whole family. Um, but it was well-being for my insides that helped my outsides in ways I can't even describe. Um, I attempted meditation for a while and I loved it but I need to do your course. You know, this because I'm like, I'll do it. And then I don't do it. And then I lost my headphones doing it. Now I need to find my headphones again. Um, but for self comfort, I still like to do daily self comforts to help myself. So each week I pull um, a little card. I've got three decks of cards here and a library of crystals. So at the beginning of each week, I like to pull a card. I haven't pulled my Monday one. So let's do it together. One just flew out. Did you see yes. that? Let's do it. I love the cards as well. So good. What are we going to get? Okay. Trust. I trust in my truth, my intuition, and my instinct. I trust my divine compass within. Oh, yeah. Love that. Yeah. (laughs) I like that too. I always pull a card and then I put it up by my computer screen. I've got two. I put them in between. So like, I like my daily self comfort. So I do those once a week and then I have another couple decks I'll do. Um, and I like to do a little bit of just journaling. I find a to-do list to be really good for my wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's different things. But I think what I've learned for myself is that there's a lot I can work on in the wellness area because I, I do still have high functioning anxiety, but there's a lot of self comfort things I can do daily that will help and a lot of self-care things that I need to continuously do like drink water, check on myself. Like I'm terrified of breast cancer. So check my breasts, like do those things. Those are that self-care that I need to do. That helps my well-being at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Does that your question, Katrina? Yeah, that's awesome. That, um, <laughs> yep. That's brilliant. There's lots going on there. And I think that's really great advice. And so So I've got two more questions for you. This one is like, have you noticed then, like as you have done that work on yourself and the inner work and you're getting, you know, that well-being stuff, you're getting around that more, more self-care, has that then also impacted the way you are in business and improved that outside stuff? Oh, absolutely. Hmm. I think because it's connected me um, to a more like intuitive, spiritual Hmm. side of me. Um, but I struggle a bit with that. I have a lot of masculine energy and a lot of that comes from a real like feminine place. So it's something I need to consciously do, but it's totally played a huge factor in how I do work and who I want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of misalignments in the past and now, you know, I'm only really interested in working with people that align with me. And a lot of that has to do with me figuring out who I am. And that's come through doing all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think 
was dropping the little self-care things that I thought I was doing for myself that were good, but weren't that great. And actually making a list and figuring out what that looks like for me, because I'm not you and I'm not JLo and I'm not all these people. So I don't need to mimic what they do, but doing what works for me made me discover who I am, which can better help others, I suppose. La, that's just like music to my ears because that's exactly what I'm like working on teaching and sharing with women now is that the more you become you, the better that is for everything. I think that's so beautiful. That's certainly been your experience is the more you do the work on you and get clear about who you are, then that helps you to then improve in business because you're working with the people that light you up and align with you and then everything works harmoniously and just makes life so much better. So we love that. I love that. So, so good. It works so well. It works so well. Uh, okay, so the last question is, have you got any advice for someone who might be sitting there thinking, oh, I'd really like to, I'm, you know, maybe I could start a VA business, you know, maybe that is an option for me. Is there any kind of like, you know, something that they could can, could consider or any advice that you would have for someone? Um, is it a good idea? Should someone start a VA business and, you know, how would they get started or what's some good advice for them? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to be a VA, be a VA. Just think outside the box. I think that's my number one piece of advice. Don't just look at it and be like, I'm going to be a VA. Think about what you can do that's different to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Go on Instagram for following people. Um, other VAs, message me. I used to get so many messages from other people wanting to be a VA all the time. And since I've kind of moved into more of a social media world, I don't get as many of those messages anymore. But message me. And I'll put you in contact with a couple of people. There's a couple, there's Amy from CBA. She has a really cool course that you can take. Um, And there's another one out of Perth. She does a really cool course as well. Um, And we can always jump on Zoom and talk. There's a lot that goes into it that I don't think people realize. I think they realize it after they've started their business. But um, I think it's just taking the jump and doing it and sitting down and figuring out what you're really good at and how you can monetize it and put it online. Because if COVID showed us anything, it's that you can literally work and do anything from anywhere and people trust in that system now. Um, So use it to your advantage. People are at home and they want to find virtual people. And if you're not ready to jump into being a VA, you can go on Airtasker or Fiverr and try your hand out in bidding for projects on there. That's how I actually found my first VA was I went on Airtasker and posted a job and she found me and she was in Perth. so go on those and see if you like working for other people. But it's a it's a brilliant industry, I guess, if that's what you call it. It's a brilliant area to get into. And it's, it's a really good way to support your family and to work. Like, this is not a small business for me anymore. And I know that it could, if there was more of me, we could grow it. If I didn't have such control problems, I could grow it. <laughs> Um, but it's a really good business and it's exceeded all of mine and my partner's expectations. So there's no reason you can't do it yourself. Anyone can do it. Mm, I think it's, yeah, that's just awesome, Britt. And I think it's such a good option for rural women, you know, it's something you can do from anywhere. And it seems to be like a growing industry, more and more online businesses being started and, and more and more businesses and, you know, people and women wanting to, you know, become entrepreneurs and, do all this wonderful work in the world and, you know, the VA option is, I think, just such a good option. So many possibilities. It set us up. Well, like, you know, we're going to Canada this week. By the time this is live, I'll be in Canada. And when I told my clients I was going to Canada, no one even, 
other than emotions. There was a lot of emotions from people, like happiness. Yes. No one flinched. Like, oh, I'm in New South Wales and you're in WA. Like, it literally makes no difference. Like, it's the exact same. So, you know, you do something like this and, yeah, it just, it helps. Like, it's just so good. It's just so good. I would recommend it to anybody, anybody in the world. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing so openly today, Britt, and for sharing your story with us and for coming on. I just, I loved hearing your story and I love chatting with you and I hope it's been inspirational for people out there and and they've enjoyed hearing about your journey and how they could maybe do it too. And I can tell you, if you're a business owner and you're looking to work with someone, Britt is amazing. And having a VA is just so, so, so helpful for taking you to that next level. And I highly recommend getting one. And if you're looking at starting a VA business, then hopefully this has inspired you today. And thank you all yeah. so much for listening. And thank you, Britt, so much for coming on. And by the time this airs, as you say, you'll be in Canada. I hope you're having a fabulous time. And I am so excited for you that you get to go back and see your family. So Thank you so much for all that you do for me and for coming on the show today. Thanks, Britt. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having me. Thanks, mate. Bye.